boys and girls. It was a crappy week. <laughs> Welcome to show 129 of the Puck Knowledge is here on Teal Town, USA. <sighs> you might want to go watch something else. This, this is going to be a tough road to all people. Uh, I'm AJ underscore strong on the social. Rocking tonight here. Rocket backhander. Hi. Sorry, I was reading the ticker. Ah, the ticker. Uh, also coming in from Vegas, hockey jerk. Uh, I would have been here sooner, but I was listening to the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all right. Fine, whatever. Let's just beat this horse, take it out back, and shoot it right between the eyes. Hey, do us a favor. Remember to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you listen on your favorite podcast platform, something like Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, whatever, we'd certainly appreciate a subscribe and review. You can find the links to those and more in the description below if you're on the UbiTube. If you'd like to help support that show, we would love it if you use the Venmo option at Teal Town USA. But during live shows, you're free to use the Super Chat. So thank you very much for your support. And this time around... Oh, oh, you hate to see it. Is it time to raise the white flag? <laughs> I feel like it is. Start calling guys up where it went wrong. And some favorite Marlowe memories, but let's get into the Sharks games this week. Uh, and hey, speaking of Marlowe, uh, it would be remiss if Hockey Jerk, of course, did not uh, acknowledge what has happened. So, there. oh, that's a beautiful shirt you got there, Jerk Man. That's gorgeous. I, I, I'm sorry. Who is that? <laughs> you got to love it. Deal with it. Oh <sighs> a week for the Sharks where they played four games and took zero of a possible eight points. Zero. Zero point zero, as Dean Wormer likes to say. Uh, currently on a five-game losing streak, have dropped six of their last seven. Somehow still sixth in the West. <laughs> should tell you something. Uh, after 44 games, five points out of a playoff spot. How are they only five points out after losing five straight games? Ugh. All right. Game. That, that fourth. That fourth seed is hot potato. Yeah. Mm. Nobody wants to hold it. Uh, game one versus Anaheim is a 4-0 shutout. To oh, let me check my notes here. Oh yeah. Uh, the third string goalie on the worst team in the division. Shocker. Uh, Sharks go with Jones again after getting through the trade deadline in the morning, right? Or wait a minute. Hold on. Sorry. Those are notes from last week. Because <laughs> it all goes together. Look, um, this is... Th is it me? Has, has Jones just looked like crap ever since Dubnik's move? He looked like <sighs> crap before Dubnik's move, sir. Yeah, it. it's... Well, remember, it's we're so talking about weird. a guy who was the second star in the NHL like two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it's it's hey. I, 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 I still think I, I, I think you could still make the argument that Jones is playing better than he did to start the season. But I don't really think that means much because he's still allowing goals that he should stop should stop. I mean, you're I, on a good team. You're bound to see one uh, one a week, one a homestand, maybe. Um, you shouldn't be seeing one or two a game, uh, or one or two a period for that matter. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, I feel like we've seen this before where it's like, oh, you know, from Jones' perspective, it's like, all right, pressure's off. Time to just, you know, mail it in. So I don't know. I, the, <laughs> I, I feel like we've said it the last two or three years where it's like, this is the year we have to buy out Jones. And then every year it never <laughs> happens. But like, this is the year we have to do it. Well, it's, it's horrendous. It's getting shut out by a third string guy. And it's a second game in a row that the Sharks lose by four goals to Anaheim. Uh, you know, 0 for 4 on the power play, despite outshooting them 46 to 21. <laughs> yeah, not, I mean, not all shots are dangerous shots. Oh, yeah. No, quality yeah, over quantity. Uh, T- I was going to say, Timo Meyer wrote the book on that one, Rocket. Hello. Uh, <laughs> how are you? Right now. But I, I mean,. You know, every dog is going to have his day, right? You know, speaking for Anthony Stolarz. I mean, it's it's bound to happen, you know. Uh, when was Mikel Botker's day again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I seem to remember, you know, uh, Ben Scrivens putting up a 59-save shutout against the Sharks once upon a time. So Jesus. every dog has their day. But, you know, you get 46 shots on goal, which is, is, is nice. You know, you're, you're at least getting shots. But... And I know, AJ, you're waiting to bring this up, but 0 for 5 on the power play in that first game. I mean, if you get 1, you know, you're still theoretically down by 3, but maybe it's a different game. Maybe the momentum swings the other way. Who knows? Oh, you dude. know, and, and the, with how good the Sharks power play, not in terms of, like, percentages or anything like that, but just the personnel they have, I'm surprised it's not better. Well... I mean, you have to take into account, too, they didn't have Getzloff in that first game. They had lost uh, Hawk and Paw and Hutton through trades earlier. Uh, the Ducks were playing on the second night of back-to-backs, and this is what happens. And even Bugner calls out Shimmick and Yarosh for uh, throwing up dash threes. Called them out in the post game. Good. Yeah. Oh. I just – it, it, it oh, kind of made me – like, Go ahead. Uh, you think – Life comes at you fast, right? I, 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 I recall seeing on Twitter uh, and and in our Discord server, you know, there were a handful of folks who were like, ooh, you know, Yarosh is going to get the chance on Monday. Let's see, you know, maybe this will, you know, be nice to get some new blood in. And then by the end of the first period, it was like, oh, my God, get him off the ice. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just the way things change. Well, this this is just amazing. And, and they're, you know, typically after we finish up, reviewing all the games that were played in the week there's some overarching themes i'm just going to tell you right now one of the overarching themes hedekin fucking hates eric carlson right now (laughs) if you listen to the broadcasts he's getting called out every game this week i don't know what happened but hedekin is like yeah i've i've had it with him apparently carlson's not mowing his lawn no evidently (laughs) not on pace to score 24 points in the season Last season, when he played uh, 56 games, Chiefs scored 40. With half a crotch? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just... Mm, I, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. That, Let, let's, yeah. let's finish up. You know, teaser alert, but I don't necessarily think... the. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's not playing poorly, um, but I don't... I don't think he's he's totally to blame for it. I'm not no, I don't think anybody's saying he's totally to blame. I'm not. Yeah. No one I don't think anybody's saying that. But that's I your, that, that's your that's your hot take to chew on while we get through the rest of the games. There here. you go. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. So 
before a 4-1 loss to Anaheim, so at least this time the Sharks actually put one on the board, uh, Bugner confirmed that there was a meeting with leadership of the team, whatever the hell that means. Uh, Sorensen, Viel, and Yarosh would slot out. Handemark, Gregor, and Malosh would go in. Kozanosh makes his NHL debut. And you have Balsers and LeBanc switching lines. A uh, little bit of a demotion for LeBanc there. Uh, I think the fun part of this, of course, was uh, the uh, the hot dog on a stick girl doing the pregame calling him Joseph Corner. That was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> uh, but Sharks, they cough up the first goal. Uh, this was assisted by Eric Carlson. <laughs> hot dog on a stick girl? If you saw the dress, I'm just saying. You should okay. have seen the dress. Uh, I believe you. One of my favorite parts is during the intermission, Hedekin asked Balsers what they need to do to come back. And it was like, score, Brett. They need to score is what they need to do. I mean, <laughs> it was just like the silliest question. Oh, man. Uh, and then you mentioned it earlier, Jerk. It's power plays. Dude, down by two in the second, the Sharks get a power play and don't even get a shot on goal off. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Volkov, who just had a hell of a series, uh, he would make it 3-0 in this game, uh, and Hedekin, once again, would call out EK65 for overplaying. Um, Couture took a hooking penalty, uh, and then Hedy said, yeah, he had to take it because EK misplayed it. I'm telling you, Hedy has a hard-on for EK65 this week. I don't know what's going on, man, but it has been amazing. Um, and then my favorite part of this 4-1 loss is at the end, Hedekin actually said, you know, maybe these, the, the Sharks, maybe they just, they, they're too comfortable. Maybe they've just been home for too long. And I'm going, Sir? okay, so when they weren't doing that well, when they started like what, 12 or 14 on the road, it was, that was because they were away too long. Like, right. okay, whatever. But, uh, EK 65 would get the lone goal for the Sharks in this one, but it's, it's a low value. I don't know that it could be a lower value goal because you had Kozanosh on the bench when it happened. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I think I think the uh the goal scoring uh module patent pending, I, I, I think out of the five, I think you give that a one. Uh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh and then of course the other problem with this one is that the Sharks failed to take advantage of the Yotes, Blues, and Kings all losing earlier in the day. Yeah, dude, at the very least, oh. bring it to, like it, at the at the absolute least, if you're going to lose, lose in overtime. Right, like get that, a charity even that's point. Too much to ask. <laughs> Dude, I, you, I, there's some. I don't want to, you know. I, I just want to say something I noticed from this game. I think, I, I really enjoyed what I saw from Noah Gregor. You know, he kind of came into the lineup, and it, it's been a minute since he was up with the big club. You know, um, but you know, he came in, two shots on goal, three hits, um, four takeaways. And a hundred percent on the faceoffs. So maybe he only took one faceoff and he won it. But yeah. still, you know, the numbers across the board, the offense wasn't there. But hey, for playing ten and a half minutes, you know, as they say, he had his guy. So, <laughs> dude did his job. Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> so we move on to back to backs at Minnesota. Uh, first one's a three-two loss. Vlasic would return to the lineup after missing. I want to say what three games. Somewhere in that five, neighborhood. Maybe five? Somewhere in that ballpark. Either way, uh, 
Sorensen and Viel come back, pushing out Malosh, Handemark, and Gregor. Uh, Jones starts, big shocker there. And then, bizarrely enough, Handemark was slotted in, and then John Leonard was out. So it's like, hmm, wonder what's going on there. Uh, this is another game that, look, look, they sucked all week, guys. We can't sugarcoat it. The only cool thing about this game was Hurdle going coast to coast. He banks the puck off the boards. Uh, it was gorgeous. And that's literally the most positive thing you can say about this entire week. Uh, yeah. And the one thing I definitely wanted to talk about for a hot second, Hurdle would get a call for a four-minute high stick, but then the call would be rescinded after review. Can we make this a regular thing? take a look at some calls and just go, okay, wait a minute. Was that friendly fire or did the dude actually do it? You know? Well, and I think that's that's something, especially when you see the referees and the linesmen, when you see them all come together, <clears throat> that's what a lot of the conversation is about is, okay, from my vantage point, I saw this. What did you see from your vantage point? Yada, 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 yada. And so if one guy says, oh, no, dude, it was the other guy. Okay, cool. No problem. But I think that there's this... Hold on. Let me see. Go Keep, keep going. I want to see if I can do my voiceover while you're talking about that. <laughs> I, I, I think there's there's this, this trepidation, if you will, that comes with, comes with the referees in, like, <laughs> not wanting to rescind a call they made, almost where it's like, ooh, we made the call. We got to stick with it because, you know, we don't, we don't want to affect the outcome of the game, even though... No matter what they do, I by dropping it, the puck on the ice, they affect the outcome of the game. Like yeah, but I think it depends on the position of whoever made the call, a uh, linesman versus a referee, and then the head referee uh, has to make the final decision on that. Yeah, because that's cause, and that's the thing, and that's what we've talked about every time there's a debate about the referees, where it's like, okay, if you didn't see it, it didn't happen. Can't call it, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I think even if you know, kind of getting into what AJ's talking about, even though the linesmen don't call penalties, I think the referees should rely on the linesmen and say, Hey, you were in a completely different part of the ice than I was. What did you see? Like, mm -hmm. help me out. You know what I mean? So I think that's, I agree with you. I think that's something we need to see across the board. That said, I don't want it to see a situation where, you know, we spend three to five minutes saying, Oh, well, you know, was that, uh, was that holding, was that holding the stick? What was it? You know, like, <laughs> If you can't tell within 30 seconds, forget it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so it would be followed up <laughs> the next evening. This is the game, of course, that Patrick Marlowe would tie Gordy Howe for the game's played record. So you, you keep saying that. I don't know who this is. <laughs> who, Gordy Howe? Gordy Howe. This Marlowe character. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Martin. He's a statue. <laughs> Martin Jones. Shockingly, starts again. Uh, this Dude, can we talk about that really quick? The, oh, the fact what? that Jones is like starting every game. <laughs> so on Friday, Friday, so you're not Bob, gonna start singing, are you? No, on Gotta Friday, get down on Friday. <laughs> uh, Bob says, you know, I think we realized we're relying on Jones too much. And then Saturday, well, you know, we're gonna have Jones back in the net. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> okay. So hold on. For that first statement, insert the the Nicolas Cage, you don't say face. And then secondly <laughs> after that, the fucking Pikachu face. <laughs> well, well, no, it's like I said, life comes at you fast. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into this a little bit. Um, but, you no, know, it, it's such a, a perfect kind of snapshot. I mean, Jones is going to say, we don't want to burn him out. 
but we're still within striking distance of our playoff spot, and he's really our only option. <laughs> like, he's going to so, burn you out, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. It was kind of like, eh, whatever. Uh, Shellman would get in for like the first yes. time in forever. How do you say his first name? Yoel! <laughs> uh, Noah Gregor would return Handemark and VL sit out uh, that probably has to do with the fact that they were called out the night before uh, Burns would finally score first goal since March 5th dear lord uh, and then the Sharks would implode <laughs> and allow three goals in 72 seconds yes that's three goals 72 seconds I mean, it's, I swear to God, it was just kind of like, hey, Vegas, I bet you never done this one. <laughs> four <laughs> goals in four minutes, sure, but three goals in 72? What do you think? Um, anyway, it was just, oh, it was, the whole thing was horrible. I mean, Zuccarella ties it off Burns' skate. Eric, Erickson Eck like, scores off an EK65 turnover. Uh, Not, it wasn't even a turnover, dude. The puck literally hit him in the shoulder and went in. It was, well, it, was, it was just like Keystone Cops is what really? it was. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Parise would fly by Burns and Ferraro to make it 3-1 on a goal that Jones absolutely needed to have. I don't understand how that one gets by. Uh, absolutely didn't have it. Oh, it was horrible. Uh, and then, of course, 90 seconds into the second, Kaprizov makes it 4-1. Stern makes it 5-1 in the final minute. Jones gets pulled for the seventh time in 30 starts and for the second time in a week. But yeah, let's keep starting him because it's just fun. Well, you know what? The <laughs> here here's the reason why like we we shouldn't be too concerned with who starts the game because we know both goalies are going to see ice anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's I don't really I don't really know why there's so much concern um, about who starts because both goalies are going to get in no matter what. They're they're Christ. switching to more of a, a baseball format where they have the starting oh relievers and the, rel- and the relief goalie. <laughs> yeah. well, and, I like and, it. It's not so much of a closer. Well, yeah. and and you know what? Like that, you know, Rocket. You know, they do something that happens a lot in preseason is as soon as you get halfway through the game, you put the other goalie in. So. Hey. 56-game preseason, as you say. 56-game preseason. That totally goes with the theme. <laughs> I'm telling you, just yikes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I was sitting watching this game on my couch, and really all these games, it was just, where is the, tra- like, where's the trap door? Like, bring me the next <laughs> season already, you know what I mean? I want out. <laughs> Somebody it's, get it's my hard. flux it's, capacitor working, man. I want to yeah, go to it's difficult because it's like, you know, the, and again, stats and everything aside, like the, you look at the personnel of this team, they should at least have a puncher's chance in all of these games. But it was like, you know, as soon as in both of these Minnesota games, as soon as they tied it up in the first period, it was like, yeah, over, done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, Shellman would get one in garbage time off a nice feed from that's LeBanc a, behind the one. Yeah. A one on the on the module. Yeah, yeah, you see it on the scroll right there. One, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, every defensive player was shit. Um, <laughs> it felt like Bugner was calling out everyone after the game. Uh, and uh, here's a little bit of the coach calling out uh, Eric Carlson and Martin Jones in particular. We got out to a one nothing lead here today. This is one of the best home teams in the league. 
And, you know, we kill a penalty one second ago and they sling it off our skate. Second one is a bad decision uh, at the blue at the offensive blue line by Carlson. It's in the back of our net off a guy's chest. And, uh, you know, third goal is a soft goal. It's uh, not even a scoring chance. So now you're down 3-1, you're chasing the game, and that seems to be the pattern. Uh, yeah, chasing the game seems to be the pattern. Not good, people. That's, that's, you, that's not good. <laughs> you look at that clip again, and when he says, you know, when he says bad play at the blue line and it's off the guy's chest, like that's the most, like, dumbfounded i've ever seen he's just like <laughs> i don't even know how to describe it, it it's just it, it's like i said it's incredible <laughs> Dude, i was just waiting for... yeah. yes uh like oh man i hope we don't get copyright strike for that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um bugner also had some things to say in particular about kevin lebank timo meyer yeah, well, they're both horrible in the first period. Um, they didn't deserve to play in the top six or the top nine for that matter. So I uh, just made a decision after the first period, if you're not ready to play, put both those guys on the same line then and uh, um, let them try and figure it out down there. Um, you know, and that was disappointing for me, especially at the importance of the games. And, uh, um, you know, that first, that, that second goal against, even though Carly stood in the line, uh, you know, Timo was supposed to cover him and turn the wrong way. And those are the details we just, if, you, if you're not going to commit to, you're just not going to, uh, you know, play in the positions that uh, that you want. And, uh, um, you know, there's, there's a, there, we had a couple passengers early and it's unacceptable, um, you know, and, and those are just two of them. I bet you Meyer and LeBanc went to Santana Row and went out partying. And I bet you, Bob is upset with them because he thinks that oh, it's they didn't go to a Drake. They didn't go to a Drake concert. <laughs> yeah, no, they probably went to like a Drake karaoke session or something. There you go. And he got I, all mad. I, I, you know what? I say what you want. About, I know there's people who don't like him, Bob, as a coach, but I, I love, I love how he holds the guys accountable, like. And and we've said it before, but how many times, you know, when you go back to McClellan, you go back to DeBoer. So he's like, well, you know, we had a we had a few guys who, you know, weren't doing what we wanted to do. You know, we you know, we need everybody to step up. You know what I mean? It's all very generalities. And then, you know, Joe from the bridge who's on the Zoom call could be like, so, Bob, what did you think of LeBanc? And, and Bob will be like, oh, you know, you know, he'll just tell you right then and there what he's thinking. And it's. Yeah, but it's refreshing, honestly, for me. I guess it, it's refreshing. Yeah, but I, I want to know. I, I guess I want to know, like, how much of this, this, like, uh, discipline and and public humiliation will translate to a better on ice performance. Like, is he trying to humiliate them? Is he trying to like shame them into being better? And how does that work long term, coaching wise? He's only got two more years. Fuck does he care? <laughs> yeah, essentially, like, what's what's your end game, Chief? That's what I want to know. Well, I I don't, uh, I don't think I would trademark. I don't <laughs> think I would go. I don't think I would go as far to say it's it's shame. You know, I mean, everybody who's in that Zoom call and who's watching the post game, I mean, they, they watched they to be they watched they watched the game. Mm-hmm. Like they know that LeBanc and Meyer didn't play very well in that yeah. instant. Bob Bob is just confirming it for them. But I I think kind of like from from the player's perspective, I'm a, I'm just assuming it would be like, oh, fuck, okay, I need Bob to shut up, so like I'm gonna do something different here. You know what I mean? Like I would hope that that's what they get out of it. 
Well, I'll tell you, the uh, I, see, here's the thing is we're fortunate enough to be in on those calls to see it from start to finish, not the edited snippets that you see during postgame. And holy hell, this week, uh, I'm telling you, like, Shimmick, and it looked like he was in the principal's office. <laughs> like, like he just kind of had his head hanging down, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, you know." And then, dude, LeBanc, he was almost the exact same way, and and just very kind of downtrodden and whatnot. Um, Brent Burns last night could not get out of that post game fast enough. Quick cut answers. What's the yeah? What yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. I mean, dude, these guys just don't want to be here. And there was all that talk about culture and changing the vibe of the room. And I'm just, this is deja vu for me. It just seems like guys are splintering again. It's the same, the same problems that they had last year. Like it hasn't changed. No, you're right. You're a hundred percent right on that, AJ. So, but I think that that comes down to two things. That just comes down to, to coaching and leadership. Locker room leadership. How do we I, trade for that? <laughs> I, I, you know, I hate to say like, you know, I, I hate to to beat that whole drum of like, oh, you know, you lose paths and everything falls apart because mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think, you know, they're all adults. They're all professional athletes. Like they should all be able to pull together, of course, no matter what. But at the same time, like <laughs> I really it out think, without the drum. Like, I really think paths fucking tied the room together you know what i mean he's like the big lebowski's rug he tied it together <laughs> dude and interior reference. designer excellent reference you know and and i just it's like you know whether he w- it was you know guy smiley or it was like the guy who's gonna kick your ass when things are bad like i feel like paths and and jumbo i i just think they <clears throat> it seemed it seemed like it was it was very much follow the leader where it's like okay we gotta you know they're pissed. Let's be pissed. They're happy. Let's be happy. You know, they want us to do something. Let's do it. And now it's kind of, you know, there's obviously a very clear defined leadership group with the team. I mean, there's five guys who wear letters, but I just think it's, you know, like you said, AJ, I think, I think everybody thinks that their way is the right way as opposed to sitting down and saying, okay, well, AJ, what do you think? Rocket, what do you think? It's just like, well, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me. You know? <laughs> so. Dude, that is so mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, and did we also forget, I mean, d- um, tell me that I'm not like misremembering this, but I have memory of like in the first month of hockey this season that Couture called Meyer and LeBanc selfish for staying out too long during an overtime where they got scored on that is a thing that happened but i believe it was last year that that happened well either way you would have thought that <laughs> the, the guys would learn but uh, no i mean that's the thing if you don't what it boils down to is if you don't want to be called out by the coach don't play like crap <laughs> yeah as as ian if likes to say oh bad team does bad things when who's at 11 if you don't want an apple don't shake the tree and if you do want want one, you have to have it during post game. There you go. Just saying. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so again, the Sharks piss away that featured some of their best scheduling they could hope for. Uh, again, overarching theme during these four games. Guys just look dejected. Uh, you can see it in their body language. You can see it in the way they answer questions during post games. You can tell they. These guys just, they want this season to be over in the worst way. 
Uh, they look like they're splintering again. Again, you LeBanc and Shimmick look like they're being called in for something bad in the fifth grade. <laughs> it's really bad. But uh, the other fun, of course, overarching theme is uh, Hedekin evidently has taken my uh, my drum and my stick, and he's like, oh, pfft, AJ thinks he can beat this EK65 drum. Watch this. I don't think there was a game this week when Hetty didn't call out EK65 for something. And what's funny is some of his comments echo what Lacey was saying earlier that rather than making the simple safe play, he keeps trying to make highlight real game-breaking plays that are not working. Like, you need other big talent for that to pull off, and right now the Sharks, they just don't have that. No, well, they don't. So what you talked about, it's prompted two things I want to say. Would you would you like me to talk about the broadcast first or Eric Carlson first? Pick Eric one. Carlson, do him first. <laughs> okay, so Eric, like, I'm not going to, and, and the AJ Rocket, they both know, you know, I, I'm one of the first to defend Eric Carlson. I genuinely and generally like him as a player, you know, and... In spite of that, you know, he there these last four games, you know, he's been horrible. Yeah. You know, there's just been some things that have happened where it's not what a Norris trophy defenseman should have happened to them. That said, I and I kind of the hot take I have everybody chewing on here from earlier is I don't think it's totally his fault. We've talked about AJ, especially I know, has talked about this, where how many times has he feathered a beautiful pass to somebody? And they can't catch it. Yep. They and flub it. Exactly. They flub the pass, and then the other team gets it, fires it up the ice, and, oh, Eric Carlson's out of position, but that's because the guy he was passing to can't handle the pass. Are you trying to and, say he might have fumbled it? <laughs> and and, and <laughs> we, saw it, we saw it in the second game against Minnesota, too. Eric Carlson, who – and here's the thing with Eric Carlson. This is, he's put the puck on his stick. He's supposed to be dictating the play. He's trying to dictate the play. Timo Meyer doesn't cover for him, and yep. so it all falls apart. It's in the back of the net because Eric Carlson's out of position, which is fine if you have your guy covering for you. Meyer wasn't covering for him. So, like, these are things, like, yes, they ultimately reflect on Eric Carlson because he was the one who was out of position, but the supporting cast is not doing a very good job at supporting. Well, dude, it, it took everything. Unfortunately, EK was not made available on the post games for the last few Shock. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, dude, how bad would I have wanted to get on there and say, so, uh, Eric, is this the worst game you've ever played? Just so he'll have to go, not even close. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, You had something to say about the broadcast, sir? Yeah, just really quick, you know, and, and this isn't really an educated point. This is more of a, as AJ Alexis says, a rant. I have some things to say. Do you want to play the graphic? Oh, 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 it's so rare that we get this opportunity. I have some things to say. <laughs> so, and, and real, uh, now all like, you know, when I was a kid growing up as an adult, I've enjoyed watching sharks games for uh, obviously for the game itself, but for the broadcast as well, you know, Randy Hahn and whether he was, I mean, in my lifetime anyway, whether he was with Drew or Baker or Hedekin, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the broadcast. I thought whoever was on the call, they had really good things to say. It made it easy to understand the game. It made it enjoyable to watch the game. 
But it seems like ever since things started falling apart last season, it's sort of it's turning into the type of broadcast that other teams sort of employ that I tend to avoid. You're talking about the Pollyanna stuff? Yeah, yeah, just you know, for example, and I and I texted with AJ about this yesterday, you know, but it's you know, Han and Hedekin, you know, they've gone from saying, Yeah, it's a penalty against the Sharks, but it's the right call, so you need a kill. You know, we've gone from that to now the Sharks are taking penalties that are a thousand percent penalties, and they're like, Well, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know what the refs are doing, or I'm not sure about that one, and it's just like the total the total flip from like hey it is what it is and you got to deal with it to just you know crying wolf and and whining about it it it's it's honestly making me want to watch the game on mute because i i can't hang and you know and the other thing too is and i'm sure you you guys have noticed this but you talk about what hedekin has against eric carlson what the hell does brett hedekin have against kirill kaprizov Was because he working him last, over the other day well, so last night's game and then the game against Minnesota that the Sharks beat the Wild um, two weeks ago, both those games, you know, Hedekin is trying to say, oh, you know, Kaprizov maybe dives a little bit there, maybe sells it a little bit there. And I'm watching both these plays from both games and I'm like, where? You know? <laughs> so, I don't, again, I don't know if this is part of the agenda of, like, making the Sharks just seem like victims and they're doing everything totally right, but, like, this weird vendetta that Hetty has against Kirill Kaprizov. I don't get it, you know? And so... Well, like Romanda said, you know, the guys, the broadcast guys, they're encouraged to build the brand, pump the tires. I'm all for building the brand, but like I said, one of the things that enticed me to the brand was not being bullshitted and having (laughs) smoke blown up my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're not treated like mushrooms. And it's the same reason, and we've talked about this before, it's the same reason why when there's a Sharks game... You know, I turn the game on after the national anthem because I can't stand everything before it. You know, you know, the the pregame, like Twitter mission a couple years ago was fun. And then it just, you know, it's become this whole thing of like, well, the Sharks are down six to zero. But hey, Tomas Hurdle has four shots on goal. It's like, who cares? (laughs) Dude, you're so right. I do get tired of the Pollyanna stuff. And dude. uh, the game gets turned on at 737. <laughs> and, and when it's intermission, I set a timer on my phone for 18 minutes and I go do whatever. Play solitaire, watch a YouTube video. I go do something else. No. I'm, yeah, he's TikToking for 18 minutes. <laughs> it's impossible to TikTok for just 18 minutes. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I'm right there with you. You know, up until. You know, always enjoy get a kick out of a uh, Brody and Brownie. Uh, you know, razzing each other and going back and forth. And I'll tell you, ever since Miss Hot Dog on a Stick has taken over, like I, I, dude, I haven't watched. I don't know how many games she's been on now, like six or seven. After the first two, after that Hot Dog on a Stick skirt, I haven't watched pregame at all since. I'm like, her name is Laura. Laura. Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. If her name, if she's going to pronounce it Joseph Corner, she's, we you call know. Brittany? Yeah. Lauren Br- Brittany Lauren. Brittany Lauren. Yeah. So. And if you if you want to have even more enjoyment, go look at who she follows on Twitter. Yikes. Okay. Let's, oh, no. let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so after, and again, 
let's just put a bow on this. Look, EK65, talented dude, fine, whatever. Probably needs more talent to play around. Uh, we're stuck with another six years of this, and, and Les Wilson, like, finds complimentary pieces that can play with them. Like, I don't know if it was Jerk that said this or Lacey that said this or Ian, somebody said, you know, look, if this is the guy that you're going to put all your marbles in on, then you have to support it. You have to build it around him. And you okay, Rocket, there you go. That was that was me. Well, it's he needs to do that at this point if you're going to keep him around cuz obviously what two seasons of this shit, it's not working. Yep. Well, and this and is what and I said last year. And to Rocket's point, but you look at players like players like, like the Sharks have Brent Burns, they have Eric Carlson. Look around the league, right? Look at um look at Victor Victor Hedman in Tampa Bay. Look at Shea Theodore on Vegas. Look at John Carlson on the Capitals. The puck is on their stick, and everybody follows. Mm-hmm. And you look at, especially on the power play, the Sharks' zone entries are brutal. Brutal. <laughs> I'm like, what zone it's, entries? <laughs> it's, you, yeah, that was kind you're of gonna, You have the players like Burns and Carlson. Put the puck on their stick and let everybody follow. But no, oh, we got it. Carlson's got it. Okay, drop it back to Hurdle. Then Hurdle's going to swing around and fire it up to LeBanc. And then Timo Meyer is going to be at the little... lining. Yeah, well, no, LeBanc's going to do his, Go his, outside. his little it's... drop pass. But yeah. I think the reason you have to do that is because if you try to go in with just like speed and skill, Eric Carlson probably can skate laps around every other guy on the team. Well, and so, I... <laughs> well, maybe Evander Kane can keep up with him. Like, it's always really tough because. It's like you have to break that up into little bits and pieces and switch it back and flip-flop and forth because he can't just, like, go into fifth gear and take off because no one's going to be able to keep up with him. And, like, yep. that's just going to be a wasted play. Yeah, which is the unfortunate thing. And I think that's why you've seen not so much Burns. Burns is more of a fan of, okay, I'm going to get to our blue line and fire it up the zone. But, like, yes. you look at Carlson. Carlson has – he's skated the puck – on his own on the power play and and it's 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 truly enjoyable to see because he he's very masterful when it comes to doing that but like you said rocket nobody's with him so again even though he's he's doing the right thing he ends up out of position because everybody else's head is not screwed on straight <laughs> and that also like we've seen this since Eric Carlson joined the Sharks where Carlson's got the puck whatever team they're playing they put two guys on Carlson. You'd think the player that's not actively being covered is like, okay, I'm going to get open so I can get the puck. Nope. <laughs> and, I nope. Think, and I think that's another reason. And, and this is not meant to be a, you know, a whole term paper about how Eric Carlson's misunderstood, but the mis- he's definitely guilty of some mistakes, but I don't think all of the mistakes that he's guilty of are his fault, if that makes any sense. Well, but and that's, that's kind of the point that I was trying to hint around to is that there's the faction that you see on the social media circles. It's, oh, my God, this guy's a fucking albatross. He's an anchor. Get him off my team yesterday. And there's other people that sit there and go, hey, he's one of the best players to ever play the game. And if Doug Wilson knew how to build around him and Bugner, like they hang it on. It, there's just, you know, the huge that he's the sole problem or there's just no matter what he does, there's this whole group of people defending him. And I think we need to kind of find a middle ground that says, you know, look, he's not the greatest to wear skates. He just isn't. Ha- the numbers analytically, 
he has bad games that some people don't want to admit. And then there's other times he has really good games and people don't want to admit he played really well. So, well, and, th- and that's the thing is because the, the defenders of him think he's the greatest thing since pocket on pants. And then the haters think he's the worst player to ever be in the NHL. And it, it needs to be in the middle. Well, so and, he's a and, polarizing figure yes. within this franchise. How are you? Offering an honest assessment of a player doesn't make you a hater. Just wanted to get that out there. So it's time to play the uh, the jerk Wait, game. Before, hold on. Before we move on, can you look at the two comments that Kevin Lacey puts up? Because I think this really helps the point that we're making mm-hmm. here today. Lacey, it's embarrassing to watch Carlskin skate past at least two of our own forwards on the breakout. Like, why is no one else skating? Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. If they were skating, Carlson wouldn't ha- even have to do that. And, yeah, re- and, and remember, they- we were sold at the beginning of the season about how this team was supposed to be faster and speedier, and that was their focus? Well, yeah, and like I said, they're, you know... The breakout is brutal. Like I like how many times are they going off sides? How many times is the puck getting chipped out on the power play? Dude, are the Sharks it, 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 leading the NHL in delay of game calls this year? So do you think you guys maybe they're like secretly sneaky, underhandedly trying like all the guys on the team, the lesser guys on the team are trying to like sabotage Eric Carlson's game? Cause they oh, know I, that this this season has I mean, it's just, you know, it's a tinfoil hat theory for sure. But I mean, it's a fun one, given that, like every guy on the team has to know, like it's only a, a mathematical percentage at this point when <laughs> the season's over. So oh. they may as well find something else to do. And our oh, our <laughs> old buddy Chris on here says there are a lot of people in between on Eric Carlson. We just aren't spending all our time defending him or finding fault in every little thing he does. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's I think fair. what Chris is trying to say is I have better things to do. But anyway. Uh, let's move on to the game that we've been playing all season long, your favorite and mine. That's right. Will the Sharks get more points this season than last season? So after 44 games, the Sharks are currently 18, 22, and 4, good for 40 points. Last season at this mark, 19, 21, and 4, good for 42 points. Jerk is nervous. <laughs> well, and and you know what, I, I I crunched the numbers before we went live here. Um, well, funny you should and, say that. Let me give you this first. Okay. After forty four games, current team two points worse than last season. Twelve games left, three against Vegas, one against Minnesota, and four apiece versus Colorado and Arizona. Which, oh, by the way, all of those teams, the top four in the division right now. So the question is, or at least question one, will they get 13 points over their next 12 games? That's a minimum of six, five, and one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. You think I, they're going to beat last season by like one point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, six, <laughs> five, and one, they've, they, they've pretty much been playing at that clip all season. Mm, no. Well, they haven't beaten I, Vegas all season. I was going to say, you. I'm not going to say um, that any of those wins will come against Vegas, but I could see them squeak a couple out. Uh, I could see them squeak out one against Minnesota or Arizona, maybe even Colorado, to be honest with you. So I just don't think there's enough there. Now, let me ask you this. what You said there's how many games remaining? 12? 12, 12 left, three Vegas, one Minnesota, 
four apiece with Colorado and Arizona? I think that they should lose every game in overtime to end the season. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. And yet it still would not be enough. No, it would not. Because <laughs> no. they need, well, at 56 games last season, they were at 52 points. So they need 13 points from now to the end of the season to better. To and, be better and, than and last so, year. And so, and, and I crunched the numbers on this too. So last year, the Sharks, they played 70 games and had 63 points. Mm -hmm. So the points per game clip that they're at right now, if you will, 40 points in 44 games, if you extrapolate that over over another 70-game oh. season, let's just say hypothetically. I know words. That is 63 points. So that doesn't really help my argument of they will be better, <laughs> but... If you ro if you roll back the tape, I believe I did also say that it can't get any worse. And by staying exactly where they're at, it's theoretically not getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll see. It's going to be real fun when we have to wrap I this up at fifty six. I have vertigo from the amount of spinning you did with that. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, and so the other question, of course, being five points out, will the Sharks make the playoffs? And no, I'm not, I am unsure. None of that shit. I am sure okay. they are not going to make the playoffs. If they well, don't beat Arizona know. three or four times, at minimum, it's over. Those are the key games. Those Dude, they could go 12-0 and 0 and still potentially miss the playoffs because everybody else yeah. is just so good. Yeah. But it's like they could potentially sweep Vegas, sweep Colorado, and lose all four of those games to Arizona and be out because that's the team you're chasing. So, And for those wondering at home, uh, I just ran the NHL draft lottery, lottery simulator. The Sharks did not win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, no, yeah, because you ran it in this week because evidently this week the Sharks not allowed to win anything. Uh, no, they are in, they're in uh, ninth place. So they're right, they're right there. Christ. All right. Uh, look, <laughs> coming next week, the Sharks were supposed to have three versus Vegas, but it was announced uh, last Wednesday that the April 23rd game would be rescheduled for May 10th. It's uh, the second time that the game that was scheduled for April 23rd has been moved. Uh, you may remember there was a social media account a few weeks ago that we had mentioned that said, oh, the 23rd, that's when all the fans would come back. And eh, wrong. Sorry. Bye bye. Credibility. Uh, it's probably a good idea to post something that's confirmed. Just saying. But look, uh, three against Vegas. That okay? So now it's only two. Yay! <laughs> Either way, <laughs> Vegas currently second in the division, and it would you know it wouldn't surprise me if that game was moved because I mean obviously the NHL can, but now it gives the Sharks the opportunity to open one more open SAP for one more game. And we'll get into that in, in a hot minute, but um, Vegas currently second in the division, uh, two points behind Colorado. As I put this together, has that changed jerk? Uh, it has. They are both at, they're both at 64 points. Yikes. However, however, Colorado is still first because they have two more regulation wins. Poof. And Vegas has what six wins in their last ten, or is that switched to seven now? Uh, seven, two, and one in their last ten. Colorado is nine, one, and zero. Ay, ay, ay. Well, the one thing one we... of the one of those wins attributed to Devin Dubnik. Yes, 
One of the things that we do know is Vegas is 5-0 and against the Sharks this season. Uh, following the Knights, the Sharks have back-to-backs against, oh, look, Minnesota again. Firmly at third in the division. Uh, 6-3-1 and in their last 10, but they only have four losses at home. Thank God these are in San Jose. Minnesota right now 4-2-1 and against San Jose. So, your favorite part in mine. Who's hot? Who's not? Who's hot? No one. I have no one. How can anybody be hot? You're on a five-game losing streak. Noah Gregor. Because he got called up and played a good and then, game. And then scratched the next game. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how that's how it works. you know. And, and if you look at what Ian Reid said on Twitter, you know, Yoel Shelman scores last night. Bet he's with the Barracuda by Monday. You're right. He wasn't there I, today? uh and then on the not hot list everyone everyone i yeah i i don't have even in like a really crappy time you can kind of maybe find something no you're right nothing there's there's just nothing going on everybody is is (laughs) everybody's having a bad time Dude, the, would... the only person you could literally put in the hot list is Bob Bugner because Chief was hot after those losses. Fair. <laughs> I, you know, actually, okay, hold on. We're we're still we're less than a week um, <laughs> removed from this, so it still applies. Uh, in the hot list, Doug Wilson for picking up two draft picks by oh. simply retaining salary. All right, I'll give that's you that. fair. Hold on, I think we might have the comment of the night from from Eric Oliver. Time to bench Marlowe? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's bench his ass for the rest of the season. Why not? <laughs> yeah, no, easy there, easy there, Mike Babcock. Calm no down. breaking a record for you, sir. We're gonna bench your ass for the rest of the season. <laughs> There's a warehouse in like Southern California that is filled with pallets of jerseys and pucks and caps that all say Patrick Marlowe, longest game, most games played, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Bench his ass. <laughs> Dude, that, Eric. That would be the solid. cruelest, the cruelest thing, but also the Ooh. most hysterical. Oh, dude. Eric Oliver. <laughs> Fantastic comment, bro. Uh, this one coming in on the line from our buddy Alden asking, does Couture keep the C next season? This is something that I believe Ian got into last night on After Dark, and this is something that, again, I've seen around the social media channels. Fine. If you like, if you want to question Couture having the C, sh- okay, fine. Who do you give it to? I mean, do you and, give it to yeah. Carlson to stroke his ego? I said that they had to give it to Carlson because they're going to build a team around him. And he was that a captain was... in Ottawa. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, exactly. Ottawa. That's but like if you remember, there was back when they were going to pick the captain, and everyone was like, "Yes, Couture, Couture has to be Couture," and I was like, "Nope, nope, nope, not the best idea. It should be Carlson. It should be Carlson." And everyone was like, "You're," so... and I'm like, "Look, he's he's got more experience with the C than Couture does." Look, Couture's in this team. <sighs> okay. So nobody wanted to listen to me, but look where we are. Hashtag foreseen. Well, I've seen some people say, mention Kane, and I'm like, I wouldn't bet on it. Oh. Oh. I I oh. don't, I, I think if you take the C off Couture, I just think it honestly makes things worse. Well, I yeah, think... because then everybody's going to pronounce his name O-Tour. You need the C there. 
Oh, you mean on the front of the jersey? Oh my god! Come on! Oh, that was, did that I? Was good. Did I miss that it by so a hair? Good. By a hair? I missed it. By just, right. just a hair. <laughs> just anyway, a <laughs> um, I no, I, I I think if you take the captaincy away, I think it makes it. I just think it makes the whole situation worse. But also, yeah, more Couture, splintering. More splintering, but also yeah. like, I still contend. I still contend that Couture is the right guy for the job. I mean, I oh. and you know what? And the the point that Rocket is making, I was one of those people who vehemently disagreed with her at the time, and I still disagree with her, but I think it's an excellent point. And I I think it's something that should probably be thought about. And know? can we just mention the fact that you disagreed and yet still friends? Yeah. It's amazing how that works. Amazing how that works. Uh, Look, oh man, we mentioned Ian, you know, mentioned the devil, and here he comes. (laughs) (laughs) I hate Couture as the captain, but him being captain isn't the issue. And I would agree. I I just, you, and yeah, and I think, like I said, it's Couture is the only guy it can be. I mean, it's just. I don't really know. Whoa. What (laughs) the hell was it? Yeah, I'm like, whoa. (laughs) And I'm like, "Did, did, did Rocket just lose power? Oh, dude, she's out. There she goes. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> we mentioned we invoked the devil, and there it went. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see anyone else as, like, quote-unquote leadership. Uh, yeah, her power just went out. Coming in live from, hey now. <laughs> whoa, it's double me. Hey, now. There we go. go. Oh, um, I'm sorry. That's That's incorrect. Let's get your love up there. There we go. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I don't know because, you know, Carlson to me doesn't seem like a leader type for this team. It, it's, it, it's hard to say because do you want somebody who's going to be like the, that guy, like you could, I've seen people say Ferraro and it's like, yeah, I think I see Ferraro as the guy where it's like, yeah, you know, he's just so fun and infectious that like everybody just loves to be pumped up around him but i don't know if that's really what is needed you know it's i i think you're better off just leaving it with couture or if you are going to commit to the like if you are taking the c off of couture you're trading him you know well yes and no and the reason why i say that is just because it's not as if the sharks don't have a history of taking C's away and yet that person remaining on the team. <laughs> yeah, but you also have to think think about the times where the C was taken off. Like things were not as much in turmoil as they are. And you know, you think like Mar like and I saw somebody even tweet about it a couple days ago where it's like, you know, remember when Marlowe lost the C because the Sharks goalies at the time couldn't make a save? And I'm like, Yeah, totally. <laughs> like legit, I do remember that. But and and you know, Jordan Furtado is saying in the chat here, it's you know, trading hurdle would be a crime because he's young, he's the best forward, he loves it here. Honestly, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think if the Sharks are going to do like a half and half kind of thing where they stay competitive, but they also kind of reconfigure some things. I think hurdle is the first guy you trade. Oh yeah. I'm right there with you. I think we mentioned that before. And that's, that's not indicative of who he is as a person, who he is as a player. It's just a matter of, okay, 
you want to reconfigure things and get a different look while also remaining competitive, move the guy who stands to bring you back the most. And that's why I think, Mm -hmm. like, you, you know, in this hypothetical scenario, and I don't want to get too crazy, but, like, LeBanc, Couture, Kane, Donato, Balsers, like, you keep these guys. These are guys you can build around. But, like, Hurdle, Timo Meyer, those are guys I would move. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Let's get to the chat here real quick. Uh, Jordan did mention, um, you know, do do uh, excuse me, do they have to have a captain? No, they don't. They didn't in fourteen fifteen. Yeah, they. You just need to have a captain and two alternates or three alternates. So, yeah. so maybe nobody gets the C. That's that's an option. I don't think it's something that'll happen as long as Couture is still on this team. But it is an option. Uh, Ian coming in again. Uh, Carlson is too polarizing for this fan base to be the captain. You'd have to give it to Hurdle something. Yeah, uh, is as polarizing as Carlson is. I think that's a solid point. And yeah, Chris coming in hot saying Thornton should never have been stripped of the captaincy while he was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if you go back, if if memory serves, John Scott said that they took a vote. And everybody voted, or like more than not voted for Thornton, but they gave it to Pavelski. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, you know, I, I got a few things here, um, but the the fun part is, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> I mean, obviously, you start with goaltending. Uh, it's still an issue. It has been for I don't know how long. When your starter gets pulled seven times in thirty starts, that that's once in every four starts. Okay, that's over once in every four starts. If you like, rock out with the uh, with the calc, calc out. If you yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Carlson has his lowest point total since coming into the league. Couture has not scored in twenty games. Of course, he's oh probably playing hurt. Uh, Donato was supposed to be a big addition to the top six this season. He's essentially been knocked out by Balsers. True, hey. but but counterpoint. Counterpoint. He, okay, I wasn't making a point, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You, Donato is still. Um, he's playing. How do I say this? He's he's taken the next step. You know what I mean? His 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 career best was last year, 23 points. He's got 20 right now. If he can get more, if he can get you know four or more points in the next 12 games, it's an improvement. All right. Which uh, I think everybody would know, like. That's kind of what we were <laughs> hoping for. Is you know I don't think he he needs to step up and put it put sixty points in the bank, but you know you want him to take strides, right? Sure. Uh, Puck guy making a a, a good point. Who <laughs> says do they go rotating captains like o three o four? No way. Okay, I'm I'm not saying you know that I'm not saying they should or they would. However, uh, memory serves two thousand four. Pretty solid year for the Sharks. That was all right. <laughs> and and after they stopped playing hot potato with the sea, who did it end up on permanently? That's right. Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> Circle who? gets the who? square. <laughs> no, I just... and uh, I don't know. I... Look. There, there's a lot to be upset about with yeah. this team. 
Well, and that brings me to the next point, which was bandied about by our buddy <laughs> Shang. What? Hold on. Did you see Frodo evidently channeling you from three years ago give Sorensen the seat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, as in see you later. Uh, see your ass back to Europe. Um, Coming. Coming in from Rocket Backhander, uh, it sounds like a tree hit the power lines by her house. Oh, that, that's so, that's not good. Hope uh, she's okay. Uh, so let's see here. Are the sharks in purgatory? That is something that was uh, bandied about by our buddy Shang. It's too much talent to rebuild, but they're too poor to compete. Yep. And without significant change, are the sharks wasting the primes of Hurdle and Kane? And yep. Can EK65 be pretty happy about this? I mean, EK65 is not a moron. He has to be looking around the room going, uh, yeah, that's like, uh, wh what's the phrase? You know, you, you you do the same thing over and over with the same shit and expect different results. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I just think, you know, and there's still, you know, there there's conversations being had where, you know, everybody's talking about Meyer and Hurdle. I think, look, like, like, like Shang was talking about, you know, you're too good to rebuild, too bad to compete. And, you know, you have to, you have to look at it where it's like, okay, you're not Hurdle and Meyer. Let's say you're moving them. You're doing this retool. You're committing, you know, the thing. And, and Jordan is talking about the defense and you're right. The defense is the issue, but the Sharks are married to that defense. Burns, Carlson, <laughs> Vlasic, even Shimmick to a lesser extent. Those guys uh, have deals. You're, oh, they put a ring on it. You're commit exactly. You're committed to those guys. And you know what? Some people may not like it, but it is what it is, and you just hope for the best. But with the forwards, the Sharks actually have a degree of flexibility because, and I think, just my own opinion here, if you have your top six, you know, or as as Hetty likes to say, the first six. Um, no, no you the know, second six. Yeah, first six and yes. second six. And keep you going. I'm going to tweak something here. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Sorry about that. Uh, you can have your top six as Couture, Kane, LeBanc, Donato, Balsers, Leonard. Something like that. And maybe that's not as good as with Hurdle and Meyer in the lineup. But I would say if everything goes the way that you're kind of hoping to developmentally, I think that can be a pretty nice top six, or at the very least the beginnings of a pretty nice top nine. Mm -hmm. With Hurdle and Meyer, yes, you're trading these guys, and it's not indicative of who they are as people or person or player, but say now all of a sudden let's spin around. Well, what if for each of those guys, what if you can get a first-round pick and then a replacement player who stands to develop into what they are, those players are right now. <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, look at the only other example I can make is kind of like, look at, um, you look at what the Rangers are, Rangers did a couple years ago. The Rangers traded away their captain, their best defenseman, Ryan McDonough. They probably, it, same thing, it probably would have, quote unquote, made sense to keep him given where the team was going, but they were able to turn that into four or five assets and kind of just restructure everything. It's not indicative of who he is as a person or player. It's just a matter of what's the most attractive piece that can net you the biggest return. That's what it boils down to. 
And as you said as well, AJ, Hurdle is 27. You know, is he, like, what if the Sharks don't make the playoffs again until he's 33? Exactly. I think, you know, if you're Hurdle and you're looking around the room, I I think, you know, maybe you're sitting there going, yeah, (laughs) you know, only one more year. And then, you know, who knows? And, and, And that's the thing is, like, you could, like, LeBanc is a good player. Not really going to get you much. Same with Donato. Same with Balsers. Like, these guys are, they're good players. They're usable players. They're not going to get you that king daddy topper of a return. Mm-hmm. But if you go to, if you go to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about Timo Meyer? Well, we'll give you a first. We'll give you this A-plus prospect. We'll give you, you know, whatever NHL roster player right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that Timo is going to fetch that much. Says you. I mean, I don't okay. know. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, says me. I mean, the guy I'm for sure. me has been very inconsistent. He's underperforming, especially when you look at the guys, you know, that were taken around the same ballpark. I mean, how many times have you espoused the wonder that is Barzal? <laughs> uh, who was the other cat that was taken around that same time frame? Rantanen? Kyle, Kyle Connor, Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I mean. Dude, and Kyle Connor's nasty, as you know. Yeah, but, okay, so out of those four guys, put them in order on who you would want on your team first. You know, is Meyer probably fourth could. on that list? Yeah, probably. Okay, that's, see, that's my point. Okay. Then. Yes, 4 out of 4 out of 4 on that list, but maybe 4 out of 100 on another list, you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, okay. I'll give you that, but you 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 see what I'm saying. Right. I I and, don't and, I I feel maybe you're overvaluing him a little bit. Maybe you think I'm undervaluing him a little bit. Well, and 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 you know what? Let's flip it around. Let's look something a little more recent. Carolina. Who? Yes. Carolina traded away, at the time, 24-year-old Elias Lindholm, who just put up four consecutive 40-point seasons. But said, you know what? Eh, it's not really working for us. And Carolina seems to be doing okay. Some people need a change of scenery. Didn't, wasn't that said about, uh, what, Donskoy? Seems to be working out all right for Jonas. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> well, so, uh, look, <laughs> are we going to see significant changes this season? Who knows? We have no idea who Doug Wilson is going to uh, make available to Seattle. We don't know what he's going to do with the what he's what he was saying could be up to ten draft picks by the time it happens. Uh, but I think we're both kind of on the same page, saying, "Hey, look, twelve games left." Yeah, we've seen stranger shit happen before. If memory serves, there was a team that was in the basement in January holding the big shiny thing six months later. Things are bizarre some years. I don't think this is one for San Jose. Whatever. Well, uh, but here's the thing. You're, what you're talking about is a, is a one in a million kind of thing. Exactly. And, Which and, is and how, those- what I think of the Sharks' playoff hopes this season. Well, and you know what? One in a million things, they do happen. But you need 999,999 other things to happen first. And since the Blues won the Cup, I don't think that many things have happened. So, sorry. (laughs) I don't know. There could be that many blown calls. I just think you're you're talking about, you know, Doug Wilson adding two more draft picks, right? And, and, And I've, you know, we've joked around where it's like, oh, you know, 
they're going to take those extra fourths and fifths, turn them into a third, and then take that third and something else and turn it into a second, and Bob's your uncle. But if they're adding two more picks without sending, theoretically without sending any out the door, and maybe that's just an off-the-cuff comment Doug Wilson made, but let's take him at face value. I'm curious to know what assets he intends to use to get those two more picks with. Uh-huh. I'm right Very there with you. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, let's try to blow out the rest of these things. We're already running long. So apologies to our affiliates. Uh, look, there's a bunch of clues that dropped earlier in this week that, oh, I think uh, the Shark Tank might open to fans. But, I mean, it was like literally the worst kept secret. <laughs> uh, was well, Go ahead. I was just saying, it's like I said, you know, you can say everything. Oh, the state said this. The county said this. This doctor said this. But you know what? We said, AJ, until the team says it, don't even think about it. And you know what? The team said it. Now we can think about it. There you go. Uh, according to Randy on the NHL Network on Wednesday, Randy Hahn, uh, there will be a presentation during the first stoppage of play uh, in the game tomorrow between the Sharks and the Golden Knights to acknowledge Patrick Marlowe breaking Gordie Howe's record. But during that same call, he said... There are expectations for the Sharks to have fans at SAP by the end of April and during their final seven home games. And what's funny is when Teal Town USA tweeted that out, he very quickly kind of walked it back real quick and said, well, that's it's that's the hope. And I'm like, chief, on national radio, it's a satellite radio for Christ's sakes, you said expectations. Hope and expecting something, little different, but it's fine. I get it. Uh, but then, later on Wednesday, the Sharks tweeted out that the SAP Center was awarded uh, some star facility accreditation, gold standard of prepared and clean facility. Uh, that's not something you're going to just you know, randomly post unless you plan to open the doors pretty quickly. Uh, and then you also had a clearance sale, and there were... Getting rid of stuff earlier today. If you went to the clearance sale, we'll talk to you in Discord in a hot minute and see what you got. Uh, but that's something else you kind of do before you open the doors is let's clear out the old crap. Let's bring in the new stuff. And finally, the Sharks app was updated with a new Ticketmaster uh, SDK with enhanced accessibility. Just another clue that the building was going to open. For those of you who are considering going, a couple quick notes. April 24th is a soft open that is only going to be for like friends of players, family members, that type of stuff. You need to know the right people to get into the building for that one. And they're going to do some testing to make sure that things that they have planned for the actual opening on April 26th can go off without a hitch. Uh, for the rest of the details, you can go to the Sharks website to pick all that stuff up. But I will say of note, in order to get in, you have to have a COVID test that is within 72, taken within 72 hours of the game that obviously shows negative. <laughs> I don't think they're going to let in anybody positive. But you have to have that, and you can get a quick test at the SAP Center for, I believe, $50. Uh, but you can also get one if you schedule it, blah, blah, blah. Again, all the details are on the Sharks website. The other thing being is that if you can show proof of vaccination, that you got your second dose two weeks before the game that you're going to, can get in there too. So, anyway, so, so what you're what you're saying is that I should I should come back. Absolutely. 
because I am fully vaccinated. So I, I whip it out. Front of the line, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, that's all the good stuff about the sharks this week. I don't know that there was that much good stuff, but uh, real quickly, and this is going to be uh, just boom, 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 boom. Around the NHL, we shall say. Uh, Sabres announced that Jack Eichel will remiss the, miss the remainder of the season with a herniated disc. Uh, he's probably happy about that. Uh, also missing the rest of the season, Ben Bishop and Alex Radulov of the Dallas Stars. Uh, you think we see anybody else miss the rest of the season who also happen to be on teams outside of the playoff picture? Well, <laughs> I'm know, not, I'm thought... not saying that Eichel doesn't have a herniated disc. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if at this point, you know, a few other guys go, oh, you know, oh, my back has that been acting up or something. You know, they're just like, just get me out of here. Well, you know, I, I thought the Vancouver Canucks were going to miss the rest of the regular season. Um, but they they didn't. They played tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And just by looking at the roster, you could tell they had about ooh, one, two, three, four about seven or eight guys out um, still on the COVID protocol list and therefore had to rely deeply on their AHL squad, but they squeaked out a winner in overtime. So you talk about uh, around the NHL, that's, you know, I think that's positive considering all of the drama that's been around them the last, um, you know, two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. In Colorado, Grubauer. Out at least two weeks for the avalanche for the COVID-19 protocol. Now, you would look at this and probably say, oh, that's good. Maybe the Sharks have a shot then at, you know, picking up. Who's their back? Oh, shit. Devin Dubnik? Uh, we're, we're hosed. Post-teal syndrome will strike again, people. Mark our words. Well, Dubnik's also a good goalie, so, you know. Yeah, and it's amazing how, how much better good goalies play when the defense in front of them plays better. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into a quickie. Ooh, Barracuda. So, the one thing we can say, it was a decent week for the Barracuda. <laughs> they played Texas four straight this week. The Stars gave the Cuda a 7-2 shellacking last Tuesday with Robbie Russo and Le Maxim Latunov, the lone scores for San Jose. But after that, the Cuda ripped off three straight wins. Latunov netted two and the game winner in a 4-2 win. Uh, a 5-3 win saw Scott Reedy pick up the game winner for his second career AHL goal. And in another 4-2 win yesterday for the Cuda, Chekovic picked up his second for the game winner as well. Um, playing winning hockey so far in April, five wins, three losses, a shootout loss. Uh, currently, the Barracuda have a record of 12, 9, 4, and 2 and are sitting fourth in the AHL's Pacific Division. Blickfeld continues to lead the team in goals with 11 and points with 20. Alex True leads the team in assists at 11. And on defense with 25 games played this season, Robbie Russo is your points leader for the CUDA. On defense with two goals and nine assists, Ryan Merkley second with one goal and eight assists. So there's your kind of uh, Barracuda minute, if you will. <laughs> Just catching up. <laughs> you want to know the rest of it? Follow Kevin Lacey uh, when he releases his next episode of In the Reef, which we are looking forward to sometime in this millennium. 
<laughs> no, I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I think the Barracuda, it, it seems to me like, like things are, you know, things are clicking for them. You know, it seems, you know, they've got the offense is spread out, you know, throughout the lineup, which is nice. I mean, you've got only five uh, double digit point scores, but you got a couple guys who are, you know, on the doorstep there with nine points, eight points. You know what I mean? So it's, well, let me it's ask definitely, you something. Sure. Uh, the Barracuda season is going to be longer than the Sharks, yes? Or does it end before, you know, like usually they kind of run concurrently, but one usually goes a little longer or shorter than the other? Uh, that is an awesome question. Um, let's see, because I, I wasn't sure how much the season got scaled or not, but it looks like the end of the regular season, at least for the Barracuda, is going to be on April 30th. So, oh, so it I will say end... just a hair behind the NHL, yeah. Uh, oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Just because I thought it would have been funny if it ended like a couple weeks after the NH or after the Sharks were done, uh, after they get knocked out or whatever. They're you know obviously probably not going to make the playoffs, but <laughs> all of a sudden they send a whole bunch of guys to the A to like, hey, just spend the rest of your weeks here, <laughs> work it out. <laughs> no, I, I like I said, and 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 you know Kevin Lacey kind of said on Twitter. As well, you know, Alexei Melnichuk, he's finally starting to look comfortable um, playing on that North American ice. And so hopefully as that comfort continues to grow, you know, let's hope that he can sort of play like and become that goalie that Dude, 12, he, he was in Russia. 12 games left in the Shark season. Do we see Melnichuk and do we see him more than once in a Shark sweater? I, I think if Bob wanted to send a message, I would go with a tandem of Kozhanash and Melnichuk in the in the NHL. <laughs> if you wanted to send a message to Jones. Dude, I, I wouldn't surprise me if you wanted to send a message to Meyer and LeBanc and you you got like Shelman and Blickfeld up there. Kevin's oh, you know what? I'm an idiot. Uh the Barracuda season ends on April tenth because May tenth. May tenth, excuse me, because the schedule I was looking at was not the rest of the season. It was for April. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So either way, okay. it, so either yes, way, it, <laughs> it either way, it ends on the same day as the show. And you know what? They end uh, against the Silver Knights. So oh. I don't know if the Silver Knights are doing fans or not, but maybe I'll have to look into that. Hey, now, funny how the that'll be a day where the show, you know, the Cuda play Silver Knights, Sharks play Golden Knights. Interesting. How hey, things now. work out sometimes. All right, uh, look, your favorite segment and mine for the most part. <laughs> tweet of the week and this actually comes from an account that i enjoy called teal town usa <laughs> i just put this up there it's a screenshot of a gif that just showed you i believe from the first game against minnesota how the hell does this happen a guy just literally sitting footsteps away from your goaltender and everybody else is way outside how the hell does do you let this happen? That is that is some staggering brain fart right there. Yeah. Well, and also too, you notice um, Eric Carlson is up by the blue line, but in this scenario, the defensemen should be the players who are closest to the net uh -huh. for the Sharks. But again, we'd have to watch the rest of that play. Maybe Carlson had a had a nice end to end move, and you know. Uh, Kevin the Bank was playing checkers or doing something and missed the puck and <laughs> who knows. Uh, so I think that can uh, wrap this one up. God, I like we didn't even really touch anything else, but the, it was a little bit of a Good. 
well, you know, a little bit of a moratorium on this season because I'm ready to put it to bed. Uh, you know, well, and and we we're pleased to let everybody know that <laughs> there's only about a month left of Pucknologists, and then we're going away, so you can have your Sunday back. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah, you got like three or four more of these to look forward to this. Uh, yeah, before the uh, summer kicks in, there will be no uh, what baseballologists. There will be none of that. <laughs> Sorry, Discord uh, still gonna be zoppity though. Yeah, as they say. As they say. Uh, so you can follow her at rbackhander76. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk, and you can follow me at aj underscore strong. Uh, you know, and if you got anything that you'd like us to talk about on the Sunday show here, you can send them off to at Teal Town USA on Twitter. Don't forget, in case you ever miss a show and you want to catch it again, look, it's right there. Your favorite podcast platforms, always on YouTube and always at Teal Town USA. So with that jerk man, your uh, famous last words, famous last words. So. On the trade deadline day, April the 12th, for those who don't know, uh, the Capitals from Washington, they gave up uh, Jacob Verana, Richard Panic, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick for Anthony Mantha. Now, I love Anthony Mantha, but at the time I saw that trade, and I was like, holy crap, that's an overpayment by Washington. Detroit, or Steve Eiserman more specifically, does it again as the GM, the master finesser, as they say. But, of course, what do I know? Mantha's played four games with the Capitals. He's got a goal in all four. So maybe I should just not tweet as much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Puck Guy trying to get fired up in here saying, playoffologist? No. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. And that's what, Dis <laughs> that's what Discord's for. Uh, look, for me, you, you know. You know how we go. Uh, famous last words, Joe Pavelski still leads the Dallas Stars with 18 goals, 41 points, a plus 14. Now, you've heard Jerk and I talk before about giving goals value. I just wanted to run this by you. 17 goals, or I'm sorry, 18 goals now that Joe Pavelski has. Did you know five of those are opening scores? Three of them are go-ahead goals. Three of them are game tires. Two of them are game winners. Uh, he's got more high value than not. And you know what? Uh, hmm. 11 of his 18 goals this power year are play. on the power play. Mm -hmm. So you talk about a guy who uh, makes the most of the opportunities there. Just saying. And you want to talk about a guy who's basically making about the same amount of coin and has somewhat close to that point total? Evander Kane. Two opening scorers. Now, he does have four go-ahead goals versus Pavelski's three. Uh, he only has two game-tying goals, and but they both have two game winners. But, oh, daddy. We miss you, Pavs. <laughs> Just love watching you do what you do in Dallas right now. So, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tell One more thing. Oh, sure. Whip One it out. Thing. I apologize. Whip it out. Whip it I, out. What I say every week, I forgot to say. Imagine if he wasn't washed up. Oh, if it wasn't, it has been. <laughs> uh, do us a favor while you're here, please, if you're listening on the YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're on a podcast app, hit it there as well. Subscribe, leave a review, that would be cool. Again, find everything on tealtownusa.com. Remember to check out the After Dark post-game show that follows every single Sharks game. And that is our show. We want to thank you for watching or listening. 
And we will see you next week for episode 130. How the hell did we get here? Are you aware? Do you know? Uh, I do not I am know. unsure. I am unsure. That's, how, that's, how, that's what you were supposed to go with. <laughs> <laughs> see you on Discord, everyone. Good night, everybody.